Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 332. We're about to start through the entire Bible and the Bible that was handed down to us from our forefathers through the means of the Septuagint. The Septuagint, remember, is very important because it is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures. And from the Septuagint, we get our present order of the books of the Old Testament. Now, the Greek New Testament is a different story, but the Greek Old Testament is not the same divisions that Jesus used and the apostles used that we use in our Bibles today. Now, it's the same text, but it is divided as far as the books in a different arrangement. So I want you to understand that it is the same text that the Lord Jesus used. It is the same text that the apostles quoted from and used, but the arrangement of how it is brought to us as far as the book arrangement is that of the Septuagint, which was 270 years before the Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And so that's what we're going to start through. And as I told you before, the reason that I am breaking down these 39 books as they are counted in the Septuagint, is because 39 books is a big elephant to try to eat. So I go back to the axiom that I've used in teaching many times, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you understand the Bible one book at a time? But you have to understand the great themes throughout those books. And that is what I call panoramic teaching. It is the way that God made us so that we see the great panorama of something. We see the full story of something. We see the big picture, and then we get down into the details. Much of the teaching and preaching that is done in small groups and that is done from pulpits today is teaching that is centered on a verse or a word or a few sentences. And all of that is great, but it does not teach people the great story of God. So people don't know where these various parts fit in. And so what I want to do is give you the overarching arc of biblical history and help you then to understand how it was put together, how God wrote the story, because unless we understand that, we'll never understand the great teachings of the Bible. Again, the reason this is important is because we will never then pass it down as it was written. This is why the Jews have done such a marvelous job of passing down the scriptures to us as we have them today. It's because they understood how to pass a story on. And remember, Christianity is never more than one generation away from extinction. And if we don't pass the message on to our children and our grandchildren, which, by the way, are our first responsibility, more than someone else's children, more than someone else's grandchildren, is our own children and grandchildren. And this is what God has called us to do. If you recall, I have shared with you in the past, Billy Sunday, who was one of the 
greatest evangelist of the last 300 years, won so many people to faith in Christ, as we call it, but yet he lost his own family. And he said at the end of his life, or as uh, purported to say at the end of his life, that he would give all of that back just to know that his own children would spend eternity in heaven. It's like the Apostle Paul said, I would that I were a curse from Christ so that my kinsmen, according to the flesh, would be saved. And so I want to start through the Bible and the entire panorama of Scripture. Remember yesterday in podcast 331, I gave to you the 10 sections, that is the way that I divide up the entire Old Testament's 39 books, I basically put that into 25% of the whole. And I found it's easier to teach it this way, and people grasp it. Now, thousands of people have gone through these studies, and they have understood the Bible in a way that they say that it never made sense before. It's not that I've come up with some novel approach. This is the way that the Jews have taught it down through the centuries, and I'm just simply following in their pattern and the principles by which they taught the same thing that Jesus would have learned growing up as the God-man. And so the book of Genesis has two of the ten time periods and the two of the ten divisions and sections in its book, in the book of origins itself. For instance, the primeval period is everything that happened in Genesis 1 through 11. That is prior to Abraham. Genesis 12 through 50 in our chapter and divisions is called the patriarchal period. Now, I will deal with that hopefully in the next couple of podcasts as to why I label that the patriarchal period. But the primeval period is that period that involves what I call four major events, and we'll try to cover those in teaching so that you can grasp those within just a couple of podcasts. For instance, the primeval period presents the creation of everything, especially and detailing the creation of man in the image and likeness of God. And then it presents his fall, his temptation and his fall. And then the destruction of the earth as it was in the antediluvian, the pre-flood days. It describes Noah as a new beginning, the eighth that is Noah, as the number of new beginning. And he presents the flood and all that goes into that. And then the earth after the flood and the division of the nations. And so you have creation and a man as the apex of that creation, the temptation and fall of man, the flood story, and then after the flood, post-flood, the division of the nations. All of that takes place in the first 11 chapters and covers a period of a couple of thousand years. And then Abraham comes on the scene in 2166 is the date that I give to him. Now, my monitor who was a rabbi of the 12th century, lived during the 1100s, really solidified the Hebrew calendar as we have it today. He dates the year of creation. It's called Anno Mundi, 
or Anno Mundi, and it is the year of creation at 3,761 years before what we call the birth of Christ. Since then, there has been 2,021 years, and that is how we get the date, the Hebrew calendar date of 5782 by adding 2021 and 3761. That gives us 5,782 years since the date of creation week. There's a lot of calendar mathematics that go into that, and no one is certain about the exact date. But this is what the Jews have gone by now for hundreds of years, and so that is the dating that we use as well. We're not going to get into that because this is just a fly-through Genesis very quickly, but I want you to understand that Genesis 1 through 11 is what we are covering as far as chapters in the Bible in what is called this primeval period. The patriarchal period, the second of the 10 periods, begins with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and goes through chapter 50. And then, of course, we begin the Exodus, the period of the Exodus, and that covers the rest of what we call the Torah or the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And so as we go through this year of study or this 18 months of study, if you were doing it weekly by Sundays, we will cover it in a much less time. But what I am doing with all of these lessons, just so you will know, is these podcasts are being transcribed, and then the podcasts are edited, that is the transcription, because you write different than what you speak, and it is put into more fluid form of writing, and what I'm doing then is publishing a commentary on these podcasts so that you can download this commentary and use it as teacher's material to help you when you are going through Bible Time Classroom, and so I'm putting all of my effort into discipling people and putting all of this down in writing, not just in audio, but also in video and how to read and understand the Bible. And then the material that I'm beginning to go through with you in a loose fashion is very concise in a 32 session class called the Historical Contextual Study of the Old Testament. It is eight weeks for every session, eight sessions, which takes eight weeks, 30-minute sessions, or four hours of teaching, and we do that through 32 or four eight-week sessions, just like you were going through a term in school, which is eight weeks, and a full semester is 16 weeks. Well, then we're going through 32 weeks, which is four terms or two full semesters of teaching through the Old Testament in its historical cultural context. Now, this is very important because this is not a study about the Old Testament. It is teaching you how to study the Old Testament. 
Testament and doing that in a way that you can then turn around and teach it and having the materials with you so that you can see it on video and hear it on audio and have the materials with you to study. Now, this is very important for individual study or for small group study or in a church for a pastor who has not had the opportunity to study and be mentored and trained and discipled by an older, wiser person who has been in the ministry for years and studied the Word of God. This is my heart, is to get the Word of God out to people, and so that's what I'm doing. And we have just finished the first class, the first course, with eight sessions, 30 minutes every session, or four hours of teaching, and it is called How to Read and Understand the Bible, and it is the basic course in hermeneutics or methods of discovery of how to read and really interpret the Bible, and I believe if anybody that has the Spirit of God in them goes through these courses, and there's going to be seven full courses, which is going to be 82 different sessions. That's right, 82 30-minute sessions that I am recording over the course of the next year to 15 months. These are going to be available, and you'll be able to purchase these at a very low cost. And for everyone that's purchased, I'm going to give one away outside of the United States where money is not as plentiful as it is here. People will be able to donate uh, so that people can be sponsored in other countries. But all I'm trying to do is not push myself. God knows this. I'm more aware of the Lord's presence here than I am certainly yours, and I am very much dedicated to getting solid biblical material out to anyone that has access to an internet so they can study and grow. And I promise you, it will help you and aid you in your study of the Word of God. So let's begin to go through this and give you an idea of what we're going to deal with. So in the primeval period, Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, what happened in what are we going to teach in this? Well, we can't teach through every verse. That's not the design of this class or course. So how would you do this? Well, if I was teaching through it in order to get the big picture, I would first of all talk about creation. And you have the summary statement of all of the Bible. That is how we all got here, what God was doing, how he did it. We don't have to wonder about that. He told us how he did it and when he did it and how long it took him. And the story begins. And so Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3 is the summary statement of creation. This is how we got here. Here is what God did. He created the heaven and the earth out of nothing. The Latin phrase is ex nihilo, and it means out of nothing. God spoke it all into existence. And the scripture says that there was no explanation of God because anybody that believes all of this got here by random chance or natural selection, he is a fool. He or she is a fool. Who is a fool? The one who continues to believe a lie or believe something in spite of the facts. 
Only a fool would say that we got here with our complex entity that we are as man and the universe and the seasons and everything having its place without design and a creator. That's foolishness. And it was looked upon as foolishness until this last century when we took hook, line, and sinker, atheistic, Darwinistic view of the world in natural selection. It's based upon the fact that there is no God, and only a fool would say in his heart there is no God. And so the Bible doesn't try to explain anything about the existence of God. It just begins in what we call Genesis 1-1, Breshit bara Elohim et hashemayim v'et ha'aris. That is, in the beginning, God created, the word is bara, it's used to create a substance where there was no substance and is no substance. God created the heavens and the earth. So this is the way that it all got started. Then it begins to uh, log uh, six 24-hour days or thereabout. There's no reason to think they're any different than what we are, that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is within them in six days, including man. And he did that in six days. And then in the seventh day, he rested, he blessed it, he made it sacred and hallowed that. These were six 24-hour days or thereabouts. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because people come up with all these concocted ideas and far-fetched ideas that through some big bang or so, through some crystal exploding that we got to where we are today. This is absolute absurdity. And to say that the word yom is primarily a reference to ages is absurdity. And if you just play that out in its natural, analytic, logical component, it does not make sense whatsoever. If you just look at what the scripture says and trust that God was able to do what he did, then we don't have to go any farther than that to just accept the scriptures. Now, someone would say, well, what about man? Well, you always get this argument, these gotcha arguments, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Which came first, the seed or the tree? Well, according to the Bible, the chicken came first. And according to the Bible, the tree came first. According to the Bible, man was created as a full-grown man with all of his facilities, faculties, and capabilities because, you see, God created everything, listen to this phrase, with the appearance of age. That's right, with the appearance of age. Now, you and I see all over America and around the world, we see things created with the appearance of age. We see things that are created, are made, are built, and they look like when they're finished that they have been there for decades, and some of that is by design. No, God did not create a one cell, and from that one cell allowed millions or billions of years for that to develop and who we are today. Number one, there is no no hint whatsoever of any kind of intermediary stage. And in the evolutionary chain, most of that is made up. All of these images you see of man as uh, humped over someone and then standing straight up and all, there is no evidence of that whatsoever. But yet we take it in like all of these figures and emanations that we see from single cell all the way to who we are, that's preposterous. And there is no evidence whatsoever of that in the Word of God or in science or in history. 
God created man with the appearance of age, with full faculties and a mind to think, to name the animals, to understand creation, to know God. And that is where we leave the creation story with man in a beautiful garden that God has made. He's walking with God. He's aware of what's going on. God has now made him a helper. And in the next podcast, we'll look at the fall of man, the creation of man, Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, the summary statement in Genesis one, one through Genesis two, three, and then the apex of God's creation, man is talked about in Genesis chapter two. We'll pick up Genesis chapter three in the next podcast for On the Way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.